Welcome to WTBU News Today. I'm Mia McCarthy. Boston has been rainy lately. Temperatures Thursday are expected to reach a high of 68 degrees, with the rest of the week looking warm but cloudy. Now we'll move into the Boston University COVID-19 dashboard update. On October 20th, eight members of the Boston University community tested positive for COVID-19. Seven of them were students and one of them was an employee. For the week of October 14th to October 20th, 0.12% of tested students were deemed positive for the coronavirus, with 0.00% of tested faculty and 0.17% of tested staff also receiving positive test results. On average, BU's lab took 20 hours to process each test. Recently, Boston University's positive cases have been on an upward trend. In total, 188 members of the BU community have tested positive this fall, 29 students are currently in isolation, and 108 students have recovered from the disease. Cerelia Liu is here now to report on a Boston University email sent by President Brown. An email sent by President Brown on Tuesday reinforces the regulations regarding prevent the spread of COVID-19. Students are required to bring their green symptom attestation badge to enter any public building on campus starting this Thursday. Students were reminded to submit daily symptom attestations to avoid gatherings in small and indoor places and to maintain social distancing rules and wear masks while being with others. The reinforcement is due to the increase in confirmed cases in Massachusetts and on campus. President Brown wrote that the increase could be because of more people gathering indoors as the weather got cooler. Viral transmission can happen more efficiently in closed environment. Even though the number of confirmed cases in Boston University is still relatively low, the email urged students to pay attention to the increasing trend and take corrective actions. The number of reported cases from last week is the greatest since the final week of move-in. In Taipei, Taiwan, I'm Surelia Liu from WTBU News. Joining us now is Grace Ramey with a story about Winthrop's new coronavirus inspector. The town of Winthrop, Massachusetts has hired its first coronavirus inspector to check on businesses and public spaces for health protocol compliance. The inspector, Kevin Olivia, started in a temporary part-time position in mid-October and now has health department enforcement level powers and a significant set of marching orders from the town. According to the public health director, Olivia has so far been successful in building relationships with people in the community and holding people accountable for complying with face covering and physical distancing rules. Residents of Winthrop who fail to follow guidelines can receive fines up to $300 and businesses risk fines up to $500. Although daunting, the town remains in the high red risk community category, which has brought the Department of Health to work closely with the town to address the rise in cases and make Winthrop a safer environment for its residents. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Grace Ramey for WTBU News. And now we'll head over to Sophie Jin for a story about a potential future United States stimulus package. According to White House officials on Wednesday, they are looking to finish talks surrounding the stimulus package and reach an agreement in the next 48 hours. In an interview with Fox Business on Wednesday, White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows stated that the goal is to finish talks with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. He later stated that discussions have reached a new phase, but Republicans and Democrats are still at odds over financial elements of the bill. 
In order for the bill to be passed before Election Day, Pelosi stated that an agreement with the Trump administration must be made by the end of the week. However, Senate Republicans continue to oppose the stimulus package. As former presidential candidate Mitt Romney voiced that the GOP members will vote against the agreement. Due to the current oppositions, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell alerted the White House that an agreement should not be made before the election. As of now, there are no further details about the package, but McConnell plans to vote on an abbreviated version of the package on Wednesday. From Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Sophie Jin for WTBU News. Next, a story regarding Florida's early voting from Alanis Brossard. On October 21st, Florida started in-person voting, breaking records for the most ballots cast in the state. According to data collected by the United States Elections Project, approximately 366,436 Floridian voters gathered at the polls to cast ballots in person on Monday. Since then, more than 3 million people have now voted so far this year in Florida. The number of ballots, including by mail, has already been calculated as exceeding 30% of the state's final tally in the 2016 presidential election. Roughly 75,436 more voters cast their vote early, compared to when about 291,000 people came to the polls four years ago, according to the Miami Herald. As a result, the Democratic and Republican parties are now trying to decipher if the staggering numbers are an outcome of increased voter turnout or of the fears perpetuated by the coronavirus and speculated mail delays. Supporting the idea that President Trump's voice concerns about mail-in voting possibly affected Republican voters, data collected by Michael P. McDonald, a professor at the University of Florida, shows a trend of Democratic Floridian voters being more likely to vote by mail than Republicans. In previous election cycles, winning Florida has proved to be crucial for presidential hopefuls, since it holds 29 electoral college votes. Since it is unknown whether these encouraging numbers of voters will translate into actual results once November 4th comes, both parties lie in wait to see how voting in the state and across the country will affect the final outcome. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Alanis Broussard for WTBU News. Finally, an update from Aaron Michael about flooding in Vietnam. Severe flooding in Vietnam led to the deaths of more than 100 people and thousands of homes being submerged. Authorities have warned that more bad weather is yet to come. A combination of flooding and landslides account for the devastation. In addition to the loss of human lives, 7,200 hectares of food crops have been submerged and damaged, and around 691,000 cattle and poultry have been lost. October is the normal rainy season in Vietnam, however, This year, it has been hit with particularly bad weather. The country is bracing for another tropical storm that has already hit the Philippines. In Rochester, New York, I am Aaron Michael for WTBU News. That's it for this edition of WTBU News Today. Be sure to tune into our full program every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern over on WTBU Radio. On behalf of Gabriela Lopez, Megan Gregoire, Alex Corey, Barsha Subramanian, and Lily Kepner. I'm Mia McCarthy reporting from Boston, Massachusetts for WTBU News.